Okay, so uh, the show we're going to do tonight is something which is uh, an important topic uh, because it's something which comes up very often on Shabbosim uh, when a, uh, a Suda is going on. And I think there's a bit of confusion related to it. So uh, being that I got a Shaila early in the week related to this, I figured that this was a good opportunity to go ahead and uh, explore the, uh, the, the details. So those who have been around at the Tuesday night class for a while, uh, when we did the, uh, the Sefer Vizos Abracha, so this will be a nice review of that the topic. And then we'll have a couple of uh, new ideas which are related to it, which I don't think we actually covered uh, in the Sefer over there. But the person called and said that if I eat popcorn uh, for dessert, do I have to go ahead and make a set? This is a meal where one uh, washed. So let's say tomorrow night after the Suda, when you're sitting around uh, before benching, so is there an obligation to go ahead and to make a separate bracha if you eat popcorn for dessert? Or is the popcorn going to be covered by the hamotzi, which you, uh, which you said at the outset of the meal anyways? So this is something which, um, as we'll see, traces itself back to, uh, from the Gemara all the way through Shulchan Aruch. And as time goes on, as many things related to Chos Brachos, but as time goes on, so the halach actually changes over time because of the different way by which people um, eat and what's considered to be part of a meal and what's not considered to be part of a meal. Okay, so we're going to, uh, to jump right in just because there's a lot to, uh, to cover. So we begin here with source number one. It's on the screen in front of you. Okay, so this is the tour. So the tour is gonna summarize the, the Gemara for us together with the dominant Rishonim who are going to influence the way halacha is going to, uh, to unfold. But he says as follows. Amar of Papa, of Papa says, let's get myself oriented over here. Of Papa says that Dvarim Hilchasa, the halacha is Dvarim Habay Machma Sasuda, Besochasuda. So the, those things which are uh, eaten in a meal, in the context of a meal, as part of the meal, and we'll see what the definition of that is shortly. So, so you don't need to make a bracha before eating those foods. What's an example of something which is eaten in the course of the meal, which is actually a part of the meal? So he says, if you eat meat or fish or eggs or vegetables or cheese or porridge or something like that. So all of those things are considered to be part of the meal. And you don't have to go, they don't require a separate bracha. What is daisa? What, what is daisa, the last one on the list? Daisa is sort of like, it, it's a cooked grain. I'm not sure. It's like, I, I think sometimes they used to translate it as grits. I don't know if it's actually grits. I don't even know what grits are other than that you can buy them at the store. But I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's a type of, a, a type of cooked grain. So lomi bai imalaf is ben Certainly, if you go ahead and you make a salami sandwich, so you're eating meat together with your bread, that's the malafes ben asapas, you're eating it in conjunction with bread, certainly then you don't have to make a brach on it. But even if you just go ahead and you grab a slice of salami by itself in the middle of the meal, and you don't eat it with bread, you still do not have to go ahead and say a bracha, let's say for those people who eat gefilte fish. So you don't, even though the gefilte fish is not eaten together with challah, it's just eaten by itself, but still it's not going to require a bracha rishona in the middle of the meal. Why? 
the Birkas HaPas Patrasan, because the bracha that you made on bread at the outset, on chal at the outset of the meal, that covers. Vlo lachreim, nor do you need to make a brain of fashos on the gefilte fish when you're done eating. Why? The Birkas HaMazam Patrasan, because eventually it's going to cover that as well. Okay, now, that is something which is Pasha that we all know. And we, we mention it just because there will be certain contrasts which, uh, which will arise later on, which are important to have these, uh, these ground rules. Then, this is more related to dessert. Something which is served in the middle of the meal. In the middle of the meal means between hamotzi and benching. But this is not something which you would consider to be part of the meal. And this we're going to define what's considered to be part of the, the, the meal itself. Kagom, but without giving us a definition, the tour gives us some examples. Kagom, to enim, you go ahead and you eat some figs. Vanavim, or you start munching on some grapes. Vachomine, peros, or any other type of fruit. So all of that is considered to be non-meal related foods. And being that it's not meal related foods, now he says, umikri the reason why these are considered to be not part of the meal, even though you're eating it between hamotzi and benching, halachically, it's not considered to be part of the meal. Why? Because it's not like meat and fish and other salty types of foods. Because those foods, meaning the meat and the fish, so that, so that is uh, very often the main course of the meal. So being that meat and fish are the, often the main course of the meal, that's why they get covered by your hamotzi at the beginning and the benching at the end. But if you're eating something in the quote-unquote middle of the meal, but you never make a meal out of that, you don't make a meal out of grapes, you don't make a meal out of figs or, or anything like that. So those are not considered to be really part of the meal. They're not halachically part of the meal. And therefore, attorney brachli fneim, they require a bracha before eating them. So before eating the grapes, you'd have to make a bread praise. The birkas hamotzi eno potron, because hamotzi doesn't cover the uh, fruit which you're eating at the end of the meal. The lav maker sudahim, because they're not a real part of the suda in the sense that this is not what you're eating as your main course or even really as a side dish. But you don't have to go ahead and make a bracha chrona after you eat grapes because the birkasamazan because benching will cover anything which you ate. So it's an interesting thing that the hamotzi doesn't cover all foods that you have in the middle of the meal, but benching will cover everything that you ate in between hamotzi and uh, and benching. So they work sort of on, they're not parallel tracks, which is what we may have anticipated or may have thought would uh, would be true. But they actually run different paths. What hamotzi is going to cover and what your benching are going to cover are, are different rules. Okay, so that's what the, uh, the 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 tour tells us, and these are the guidelines that he gives us as far as what's considered to be part of the meal and what's considered to be not part of the meal. So now, um, you know, rather than seeing Shulchan Aruch inside, uh, we'll just try and go through the, uh, these Mishaburos over here uh, because much of what the Shulchan Aruch says is really a recap of the tour. And we don't need to go ahead and read that again. So in the Shulchan Aruch itself, which you have there in source number two, so there's certain parts which are highlighted and that corresponds to the Mishabura at the, uh, at the uh, below in source three. So one of the things we said was that something which is considered to be an essential part of the meal are those things which that first highlighted section, 
This is something that you would normally, it would not be unusual to go ahead and eat that food in conjunction with bread. So as we said, meat, you could have a meat sandwich, fish, you could have a fish sandwich, cheese, you could have a cheese sandwich. All of those things are sandwichable, if we could go ahead and coin that term. And being that, if I did coin that term, and being that they are sandwichable, so therefore they're automatically considered to be part of the meal. And people actually do make a meal that would be a main course. That would be a reasonable main course for a person to eat. So now, uh, Al, now the uh, Mishabur addresses your thing, again, without uh, defining it. But he says, now over here, the highlighted section, Vidaisa, grits or oatmeal or something like that, the uh, cooked grain. So even though generally you don't find somebody eating an oatmeal sandwich, I haven't seen it. Maybe you have, maybe you have more experience than me. But generally people don't cook up some oatmeal and then go ahead and then go ahead and slap that onto onto some uh, uh, onto some bread and eat uh, eat that. So therefore, why do we say that hamotzi is going to cover oatmeal? So he says So and it's eaten by itself. You eat a bowl of oatmeal. You don't eat an oatmeal sandwich. So here comes the key definition. Being that eating cooked grain is something that people will eat in order to fill themselves up. Let's take it out of the context, the, the specific word called daisa for a moment, and let's go ahead and just talk about it in terms of noodles. Let's say you just make noodles and sauce. So pasta in sauce, so nobody's making a pasta sandwich, right? Going ahead and slapping some cooked noodles between two slices of bread and eating that. Nobody's going to go ahead and do that. But even though nobody does that, Noodles, as we know, is considered could be considered to be a, a meal. That can be considered the main dish of a meal. And a person who's hungry will go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to go and gonna go have mac and cheese, or I'll go ahead and noodles in the marinara sauce, whatever sauce is your, your preference, but you'll put a sauce on noodles and eat that in order to fill up. So being that this is eaten is part of the meal, and the goal of a meal is always to feel full. Therefore, vinit peles la paz. So the noodles also become tafel, they become subordinate to the bread, and therefore they're going to be covered by the, by the hamosi. And then he says, And the same thing is going to be true of any cooked food which is eaten in the course of a normal meal, meaning anything which is a normal side dish, which a person is going to eat as part of getting filled up during the meal. So hamotzi is, doesn't only cover, the Mishabur is explaining, hamotzi doesn't only cover those things which are your main course, but if you've got a kugel as a side dish, or maybe even vegetables as a side dish, but that's also going to be eaten as part of the effort to go ahead and fill yourself up. So as long as that's the end goal and that's why you're eating it, that's considered to be part of the meal. And therefore, hamotzi is going to cover all of that. And as, as we said, even if you go ahead and, uh, and eat them in the course of the, even if you eat it without bread in this particular instance, like noodles, or you go ahead and you have meatloaf, you washed on some bread, and rather than making a sloppy joe out of it, you went ahead and make meatloaf out of it. And meatloaf isn't necessarily going to be eaten as part of a sandwich that can be eaten by itself. But since it's meat and it's a main course, that's going to be covered by hamosi, even if you eat it without bread at all. So those are the things which are covered. 
Now then, Shulchan Aruch and the tour, then it switches over to those things which are eaten, but they're not really part of the meal, not really part of the meal in the sense that either number one, it's not eaten together with bread as a sandwich, it's not sandwichable. And number two, it's not something which a person normally eats in order to fill themselves up. So here he says, in Mishabur and Sifkat and Dalit, he says, Kagon Te'enim. So the example of Shulchan Aruch, the example of the tour, was somebody goes out and eats figs. So that explains the Mishabur, and here's the key definition for us. The same thing is going to be true of any food which a person eats as a dessert, meaning just a tasty thing which one eats, but unless you're a child uh, below the age of uh, 10, generally dessert is not going to be the main part of the meal. It shouldn't be the main part of the meal. Usually dessert is, is something that you save after you've eaten the main part of the meal and you're essentially full, then you want something sweet or you want something at the end of the meal just to uh, get, leave you off with a, with a good taste. But it's not eaten because you're hungry and you're looking for something to fill yourself up. Then he says, um, therefore, and hamotzi isn't going to cover the grapes in the figs, even if the grapes and the figs were on the table when you made hamotzi, and in different areas of halacha, if the food is on the table when you make hamotzi, it's assumed that you have that in mind as part of the meal, and the hamotzi will cover it. But says the Mishabura that when it comes to these fruits and these desserts, which are not intended to go ahead and fill you up, so those are not going to be covered by hamotzi, even if the bowl of fruit was at the end of the table or is in the middle of the table. When you made hamotzi, it doesn't make a difference. And not only that, even if you're having a baked apple or you're having some, uh, some other type of cooked fruit as part of the, uh, in, in the course of the meal, it's still not going to help. The fact that you bake the apple or you cook the apple and you put some sauce on it doesn't make it any more meal-like because nobody goes out and makes a meal out of baked apple. Baked apple is a dessert food. It's not something which is a meal food. It's not sandwichable and it's not eaten to fill yourself up. And therefore, it's not going to be covered by your hamotzi. And if you eat it, if you eat it in between the hamotzi and benching, so it's going to warrant, it's going to mandate a bracha rishona. You'd have to make a break for eights before you eat that baked apple. Now, he says, now it comes to an interesting thing. So now, so far, uh, and this is the way oftentimes halacha works, is we know for sure what the halacha is by meat. We know for sure what the halacha is by fruit, even cooked fruit like a baked apple. But what happens when you have meat and fruit together? When you go ahead and you make it simis, a fleshy simis, which has meat in it, but it also has some fruit in it, so now, how are we going to char- characterize this fleshing simis? What's going to be dominant? Is it going to be the meat? Is it going to be the fruit? Or perhaps some, uh, some other halacha is going to be relevant. So here, this the next part of the Mishabura is one of the, uh, the more, I don't want to say controversial in the sense of controversy, but it's one of the more debated issues uh, as far as uh, dessert is, uh, is concerned and what these halachas are. So the Mishabura now says, now, first he presents one opinion. He says, Even if you go ahead and you cook the fruit together with meat, many achronim imply 
that you still have to make a bracha. Let's say you're, you're eating the plums out of the tzimis. You'd have to pull out a plum from the tzimis and you'd have to go ahead and make a brepira eats on that plum. Why? Even though it's cooked with meat. Because the fruit doesn't become subordinate to the meat. It actually may be the opposite because the, the fruit has a higher level bracha, than the meat, which is a lower level bracha, which is just a shahakal. But we don't say that the meat, that the fruit becomes tuffle, becomes subordinate to the meat. And therefore, just like the meat is covered by hamotzi, the fruit will also be covered by hamotzi. That would not be true. That these achronim hold that that's not true. But acknowledges the Mishnah But this is not like the chayadam. Shekasev who writes, he maintains that the fruit is subordinate to the meat, and therefore, just like your hamotzi is going to cover the meat ingredient in the tzimis, so too it's going to cover the fruit as well. Then he says, The sefer called Yad Ketana also says you don't make the bracha. But he gives a different reason why you don't make a bracha on tzimis. Because when you go, now he's giving you uh, recipes. He says, when you go ahead and you cook the fruit together with meat, or you use some fat, or use honey, and you make a tavshil out of it, it's a cooked dish out of it, we're going to call that um, a side dish. So it's no longer just something which is eaten for the fruit, but it's now a side dish. So he says... Nira shakol, uh, I skipped the word. Nira, sorry, nira shakol ikaran When it's eaten, at, when simis is eaten as a side dish, that is eaten as part of the meal in order to fill yourself up. It's not as sweet as it is, but it's still not going to be a. It's still not going to be a dessert. It's still considered to be a, a side dish because you intend that this also is going to help you get filled. And it's not eaten just for the sweetness as one would do by a dessert. It's going to be no different than any other side dish, even if the side dish is made of a vegetable. Nobody says you're going to make a separate bracha on your broccoli kugel. Nobody says you're going to make a separate bracha on your potato kugel, even though it's a vegetable. Or even, you, you, we would say, even if you're eating an apple kugel, which is uh, made of apple and flour, but since apple kugel is really part of, it, it's a side dish in the meal, that's going to be covered by the hamotzi. Uh, that all of these things, you don't have to make a bracha on them for this reason. And then he says, skipping the rest about adding the bread, because we didn't see that as of yet. And then he says, now here, oops, now he says, what's not included in our Tzimis discussion is the fruit which is brought, at, cooked fruit, which is brought at the end of the meal, which we call kampot, kampot, depending on where your, uh, your, uh, your family is from. It's kampot, kampot. But that's not going to be included. Why? So says Mishabura, kampot is a completely different thing. Because kampat, nobody eats kampat in the middle of the meal as a side dish. Kampat, the Mishabura says, is always eaten at the end of the meal as a dessert, after you've already filled yourself up with the main dish and all the side courses. So for dessert, you'll go ahead and have a kampat. 
And therefore, the Mishabura is drawing a distinction now between simis and kampat. Simis is together with meat. And there are authorities who say, there are postings who say that since it's together with meat and it's eaten as a side dish, that may not warrant a separate bracha on the fruit. But kampat, the Mishabura says, everybody agrees that that is going to be, uh, that's eaten as a dessert. And once it's eaten as a dessert, it's not covered by the hamosi and it's going to require a separate bracha. Okay, so that is the discussion as far as fruit uh, is concerned. Now, in the next Mishnah he says, peros. He says, adin He says the same thing is going to be true of all of these vegetables that they are also considered to be part of the dessert. Now, again, this is something which may be cultural. It may be something which was in different times. Uh, this was this held true. But chazeres, usually we translate that as horseradish. I don't know who, you, who eats, you know, bites into some horseradish for, uh, for dessert. Clear your sinuses after, after the meal. But I don't know who's going to go ahead and bite into that for dessert. Kishuin, sometimes it's cucumbers. Sometimes it's melons. Sometimes it's gourd. It could be like a pumpkin. So that also maybe you could get some sort of dessert out of that. Mulafafon is usually cucumbers. So mulafafon or pickles or something like that. So I don't know who's eating that, munching on that as a dessert. Oats, no, no, butzel, or radish or onion. Okay, but the main thing is, Mishabur says, by these things as well, there you have to go ahead and make a bracha afterwards, because if these are even vegetables, which are going to be eaten as part of a dessert, so they are also no longer considered to be part of the meal. They're not eaten together with bread, and they're not need, eaten to fill yourself up after the meal. And therefore, it's something which, uh, which is going to re- require its own independent bracha. The good rule of thumb to, to think about is uh, uh, following that uh, the saying, which no matter how full a person is, so as the saying goes, there's always room for jello. So there's always room for jello means that even though you're full and you've, as my, my Zaydi Allah Vashom used to say, that at the end of the meal, we say, oh, honey, I lost my appetite. So that's a good thing to say by the end of the meal to say you lost your appetite. But even though he's lost his appetite, he can't eat anything else, there's room for dessert. So you can have jello, you can have a piece of cake, you can have some sherbet, you can have whatever those, those things are because they're not really eaten to fill yourself up anyways. They're eaten just for the sweetness of it. And when it's eaten uh, with that intention in mind, so a separate bracha is going to be required. Um, okay, we're going to put aside eating it uh, together with bread. Um, okay. So let's jump now to uh, to source four. We're skipping some of the Mishaburas, but um, for time's sake. So the Piskei Chuvas, who's a, uh, a modern-day uh, writer, who uh, we've uh, mentioned a number of times, he adds, uh, sort of like updated the Mishaburah to all of the new Sfarim, which have been written since the time of the Mishaburah. So he adds the more recent hundred years of, uh, of Halachic literature, together with some Sfarim that the Mishaburah usually does not reference. So he says, based on these halachas, he says, nowadays, So you'd go ahead and you would make a a, a priyadama on those dessert foods which are priyadama, like pineapple and bananas 
and strawberries and melons, each one in its various variety. So even though if you're having watermelon at the end of the meal, even though if you have green beans in the middle of the meal, you don't make a separate brach on the green beans because green beans are a side dish to the meal, but nobody has watermelon as a side dish to the meal. So even though both of them have the bracha of Brepri Adama, so it's not the bracha which is really going to be so significant, but it's going to be, is this something which is normally eaten as a side, is it sandwichable or is it eaten as a side dish? If so, then it doesn't get its own bracha, but in the event that it's not sandwichable and it's not eaten as a side dish, so then it is going to go ahead and take another bracha. He says, and anything which is similar, which is generally going to be served only at the end of the meal for dessert. Not only that, but he says, some people say, arbis, arbis meaning chickpeas, typically served like the shalom zachar or whatnot. Garine chumas, that's what chumas is made from, chickpeas. Oh, sorry. So he, sa- so he says, shenogim lecho, which is normally eaten at Shom Zachar, if it's, if it's served at the end of the meal, so so in order to avoid the shaila as to whether or not these chickpeas are actually eaten as a side dish or they're eaten as a dessert, so the way that Shachanach mentions that you get out of it is eat some bread when you first begin to eat that, uh, that food, eat some bread at the end of it, that food, and once you go ahead and you eat that questionable food together with bread, both at the beginning and the end, so then, it, then the hamotzi is for sure going to cover it. So you could, in a sense, artificially manufacture a sandwich out of it by eating it in conjunction with bread, and then you, it would not uh, require a, a new brachery shown on it by itself. Rabbi Schaffel? Yes. A quick question. How would that apply to cranberry sauce? Cranberry sauce, I've I've actually seen this on menus before in restaurants around the time of Thanksgiving, they have cranberry sauce on turkey on a sandwich, okay? But uh, people also eat cranberry sauce. I'm talking about where there are whole pieces of cranberry too, you know, could Mm. see them. uh, but they also eat it for dessert. It's a dessert too. So would that apply so that if you if you had your Thanksgiving di- dinner and you ate cranberry sauce on your turkey and then you also had some from for dessert, then according to this Piskei Teshuvot, then um, uh, you wouldn't make a, a bracha uh, uh, on the cranberries afterward, cranberry afterwards. Right. So certainly in that scenario, you made it easy for me, Bob. Appreciate it. Um, I, I was actually putting my seatbelt on. Um, you, uh, um, the, uh, in, in that case, which you, which you described, where you already ate some cranberry sauce, let's say together with your turkey. Um, so then uh, in all likelihood, that would already, it, it's really like a condiment to the, to the turkey. Right. Ketchup, when you eat it together with your hamburger, so that is not going to require a separate bracha. Uh, if a person were to go ahead and have some ketchup for dessert, um, you know that would be that would be a different uh, a different uh, story. Um, uh, that would be a, a different Shaila. But we're going to get to your 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 point. By the time we finish, we're going to get to your point. But that's a, that that's an excellent um, uh, example where this this Shaila is going to arise. Okay. Now. Um, Okay, so let's see. So this is now taken, if you're know, those who remember what the Sefer uh, looked like, but this is actually taken from the Sefer Vizosa Bracha, 
Mezos Bracha is the name of a very authoritative sefer on Hilchos Brachos. And so he says as follows. He says, You're eating some sweet food, which is eaten just for the sweetness, like jello, right? That's the only reason to, uh, to eat jello is just because of the sweetness. Or, oh, I forgot the picture. Or if it's being eaten for a as dessert, and he translates it for us. That's one of the reasons we like the safer. You're eating it as a dessert. So you're going to go ahead and you're going to make the appropriate bracha. Even if you're eating it in the middle of the meal, still you would go ahead and you would make a, a, a bracha on it. Now here he says an interesting thing. The example he gives is he cuts right to the uh, to probably one of the bigger chedushim that he could have said out of this. He says, Kagon al-Bisli. If you eat Bisli in the middle of the meal, he says that you would go ahead and you would make a separate bracha on that Bisli. Now, what is Bisli? So he says, Ha'asuimi kemach chita. It's made from wheat flour. Mevarach bremi nemezonos. You'd go ahead and make the, bre- uh, the bremi nemezonos on that food because Bisli is a dessert food. It's not something which is, it's not sandwichable. And it's not even eaten as a side dish. It's eaten as a snack. So everybody knows that bisli is just a snack, and being that it's just a snack, therefore it's going to require its own bracha. It's also, it's not even the same as cake. Is that what you're thinking about, Mel? Cake or cookies? Say yes. Yes. So Mel was thinking about cake and cookies, but cake and cookies, no, nobody I'm knows. No, <laughs> I'm not. Think, I'm thinking about, I don't know, I, I guess I, I nash what I eat. It's, it's, for me, that's part of the meal. Okay, so then also, we'll, we'll get to that with Bob's thing. So I'll ask the question for you. Why is that different than cake or, or, or cookies, and which are served for dessert, where nobody makes a mizonos on that, even though, you don't go, even though a good piece of jewel cake isn't sandwichable, and it's not eaten as a side dish either. It's eaten at the end of the meal. So why, by Bisley, is he saying that you would make another mizonos, and by the uh, cake or cookies, you would not make the mizonos? So this touches upon a whole different uh, uh, class in of itself, having to do with Pasa Baba Kisnin. Those things which are made with flour and water, they're made from some sort of dough, but they, uh, they are, um, whether or not they meet the definition of bread or not. So there's a three-way that Shulchan Aruch brings down as far as what qualifies as bread and what is considered to be outside of the category of bread. And Bisli happens to be, even though it's made from flour, it doesn't meet any of the definitions of bread. Doesn't meet what, what or about meets, potato chips. Potato chips may or may already be uh, as a potato. That already may be a side dish. Even though, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Because you're right. You say, what, what, if I'm eating a uh, uh, back in the day when you go to the deli and you get a sandwich and they throw in a bag of chips together with that. So the chips are eaten together with the sandwich. So why not say the same thing as Bisley? Yeah. So I don't know. It could, it could be that uh, culturally that Bisley is not something which is eaten uh, in the middle of the meal. I don't know. I mean, I never have, but far be it for me to judge you based on your, uh, your Bisley eating habits. Uh, but, that, but, that's, but that's what he writes. And then he says... Um, Okay, so now let's jump to, uh, if you can see where my arrow is over here. 
Um, it's by this bold print over here. He says, Ufize. He says, based on these parameters which we said, mine ma'adanim, which are various snack things, hasui mechalav, which are dairy products. He'll give examples in a moment. Habayim bikarm lemesikus, which are which are served primarily because they are a sweet food to eat after a meal. And this is now where he puts in brackets pudding. Dami, I think is that's like a it's, a it's a type of pudding in Eretz. So I think it's a brand name actually. Milky ukedoma. So if you're having some sort of chocolate pudding at the end of the at the end of a meal, So you would go ahead and you'd make a separate shahakol on your pudding that you're eating at the end of the meal as a uh, as a dessert, as something which you eat after the rest of the meal, because pudding is not chocolate pudding is not sandwichable. And it's not something which is eaten as a side dish. It's generally eaten as a dessert. But he says, <laughs> but something which is eaten in order to fill you up as well as the tizuna, I think are for the uh, for the nutritional value of it. He says in brackets, ki yogurt, like yogurt. So there's not much of a difference between yogurt and uh, and uh, uh, and pudding, especially yogurts which are sweetened and whatnot. But he says they are eaten in a different way. Yogurt is eaten, it's normal to eat a yogurt as a meal. And pudding is something which you're not going to be eating as a meal. So he says that you would not make a separate shahako on the, on the yogurt. Um, now he says, one other thing I want to show you, uh, two other things I want to show you over here. He says an interesting thing. Now this is in like this bold font, which is towards the end over there. I can't point it out to you. But where my mouse is again, he says, Yesh l'hayr. So he says, it's important to point out, marak. So those are the little soup croutons, which the, the awesome brand soup, those yellow things which you have people pour into, in, into, into the soup. So really, it is something which is primarily meant to be something which is poured into your soup or something you may sprinkle on your salad. So even if they forgot to go ahead and remove the container of shkere marak uh, uh, when the soup was over. And by the time you finish the meal, the bowl is still there. So people start reaching their hand in and they just start grabbing a few and eating that as a snack, as dessert. So he says, you would not make a separate bracha on those shkere marak. You would not make it on those uh, soup croutons. Why? Because generally they're eaten together with the soup. So since they are subordinate to the soup, therefore they are they remain in that category, even as a, even if it's still around at the end of the of the meal, and you're just snacking on it at that point. And they because really that's what they, they are they are they are served as a condiment for the uh, for the uh, for the soup or uh, subordinate to the soup, and therefore they don't get uh, they they uh, they don't get a separate bracha, even when eaten by itself. Um, um, okay, now, uh, one last thing I want to show you over here. So this is now, it's in the Rashi script in this paragraph base, which is uh, should be on the middle of the screen or so. So towards the middle or the end of the second line, it says, uh, after the Maramakum, after the source, it says, Move up at Tehillah, the David, Kufayin Zayin. 
So it's brought down in the name of the Shlach. Shafiluim Achal, this is talking about eating fruit. Afilum Achal in the Mazon Vesova. Even in the event that you go ahead and you do eat the meal, the, uh, the apple, let's say you're on a diet. So you don't want to have too much of the other stuff. And you want to fill yourself up with fruit. You want the fiber. No, I shouldn't say you want the fiber. You're eating the apple, or you're eating the fruit for a different reason. But if you're eating the apple because you actually do want to get filled up on apples, because you don't want to fill yourself up on car or bad carbs or whatever it happens to be. Still, he says, the Shla says, Still, you would go ahead and you would make a separate break your eights on that apple because the it's generally not the practice to eat apples as the as your main course. So it's not really there's a, an element of objectivity here rather than a subjectiveness. So since most people don't eat fruit as the main course of their uh, of their meal, therefore, in the event that a person does, so that's not going to help them as far as uh, as far as this is is concerned. It's interesting. I, I didn't. I just thought about it now that you're at a chasna and you have you know hundreds of people in the room, and most of the people are eating either they chose the meat or they chose the chicken or they chose the fish. But every once in a while, there's that one person who chooses the fruit platter. For whatever reason why they're choosing the fruit platter, I'm not exactly sure. But they want the fruit platter. So it's interesting to consider if they already washed and made hamotzi, and then they, the waiter comes around and says, what do you want? Do you want the meat or fish or fruit? And the person says fruit, and that clearly is going to be their meal because they're not eating any of the other stuff. Whether or not they would have to make a break for eights now on that thing, because that actually is their meal. Okay. But he says that the so the but the shla holds that there's this objective standard to what's going on, and therefore since most people don't eat fruit as the main part of the meal, so you it would require a separate bracha. Then he says ulafize the end of that third line im ochlim haperos tizuna. Let's say that's why I went off that fiber thing now. So he says therefore if you're eating fruit because of some nutritional element of that fruit perhaps fiber, and he says in the brackets over there, vitaminim u'mineralim, which is just Hebrew for minerals and vitamins. So he says, So he says, you would still go ahead and you would eat it for, you would have to make a bracha. And he quotes all sorts of different poskim who say that you would go ahead and you would make a bracha on it in that, uh, in that case. Okay, give out. Now, the last thing that I want you to see is, now this gets back to what, yeah, Mel? What about in, for breakfast? Before I have my cereal as part of my breakfast, I have a half a grapefruit. Uh-huh. What, do I, what do you do with half a grapefruit? Right, so, the, so uh, you, you wash in the morning for breakfast? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so, that, so, the, so this will now, this comes to the last source which we have over here which will touch upon what Bob mentioned and what you're mentioning. So this is, uh, this is uh, somebody who spoke a lot with Revol Yashiv. So they went ahead and they published five volumes of halachic uh, questions that they posed to Revol Yashiv with the background and what his response, uh, what his response was. Not just Revol Yashiv, but primarily Revol Yashiv. So he says, like, we'll try and do it quickly. He says, Now it happens, I should tell you, that it's brought down that after the Chavetz Chaim wrote the Mishnah Bura, he actually changed his mind as, as far as Kampat is concerned. And he may have actually himself 
began to not say a brachan kampat, which is served as part of the meal, because he, he considered it to now that there was a change in the way people conduct themselves. And it may very well be that uh, be, due to that cultural change of how people eat things, so therefore that will change the uh, the halacha. I had a, a, a Rebbe who grew up in, uh, as a child, he grew up in Europe, and he commented to, to us that when he grew up in Europe, there was no such thing as eating raw carrots. If you ate a carrot, you always ate it, uh, it was always cooked. There was no such thing. And they found it that they couldn't understand. That. And by them, since carrots would only be eaten cooked, it was never eaten raw. If you ate a raw carrot, the bracha would be shahako. And he was surprised that over the course of his lifetime, all of a sudden he comes to the United States and people are munching on raw carrots as if that's the normal way to eat carrots. And he was like horrified by that. He said, oh, that's disgusting. Nobody eats raw carrots. But that's a cultural shift which happens. And those cultural shifts affect, have, uh, have a very strong impact on Hilchos Brachos. So therefore, he says, So we find a, 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 a discussion, a debate amongst Achronim. Be in Achilas Lifton Besofa Suda when you go ahead and you eat fruit and whatnot in, the, in snacks at the end of a meal. Do we consider that to be something which a person is eating to fill up and a part of the Suda, like Mel is, say, is saying, eating half a grapefruit in the morning is part of his breakfast? Shame of Archanelov, where you would not, if it's, it's part, it becomes part of the meal and everybody sees it as such, you would not make a separate brach on it. Vinifter Babir Kasapas will be covered by the bread. Or perhaps it's going to remain a dessert. It's just a dessert you're eating earlier in the meal, but it still is a dessert, by definition, a dessert. And it's not considered to be part of the meal. And therefore, it would warrant or mandate a bracha before him. So that's the question that this author went ahead and posed to Revo Yashiv. And he says, Venishal Harav, and the Rav, meaning of Yashiv, was asked, How do we hold? How should we hold as far as this matter is concerned? In our times, and this is probably 30 uh, you know, years ago or so, but he says, matters have changed significantly. And serving fruit or serving, let's say, a uh, uh, a, a grapefruit uh, and, as part of breakfast that uh, may be commonplace in, in meals. They go ahead and do so. And it's literally a part of the Suda, like Bob's case over there, serving uh, your, uh, um, your cranberries uh, as part of the Thanksgiving meal. So it's cooked fruit at the end of the day, but it's commonly eaten as, as a side dish in the meal. So since it's something which is commonly eaten as part of the meal, so what are we supposed to do with that? And he was also asked with regards to ice cream, which is served at the end of the meal, not at the end of your Thanksgiving dinner. Don't get excited over there. You can't have, uh, you can't have ice cream after that, but after some other meal, after a milchik meal on, on, uh, on Shavuos. So you want to go ahead and you want to serve, uh, you want to serve milchik ice cream for dessert. So what's the story with that? Asher no kayom, it's very commonplace nowadays. Lagisho besudos mechubados, it's served even at the end of chasnas. It'll be parv, but they serve ice cream at the end of uh, at the end of meals, and that's a common occurrence all the time. Kibar mitzvah, v'shev brachos, v'kedoma at the end of a bar mitzvah or a shev brachos, v'avimamish kechelik masuda. And nowadays, these things are considered to be a regular part of the of the meal. Maybe these foods should be exempted from a bracha rishona 
because it's now commonplace to eat them in the middle of the meal. And what used to be that it wasn't considered to be part of the meal, maybe that has shifted and has changed in our times. And therefore, once it's part of the meal, it's covered by a motzi. And he says, V'hiskim l'svarazu. Rav should have agreed with that approach, that things have changed. And as a result of that cultural change or that culinary change, maybe we uh, would be better off said, as a result of the different way that meals are served in different foods which are eaten as part of the meal. So it actually makes sense that those fruit side dishes, which are truly eaten as a side dish, even if it's cooked fruit, you wouldn't make a brach on it. And that would clearly cover your case, Bob, in terms of the, uh, the, the cranberry sauce, because it's certainly at the, uh, at the Thanksgiving dinner, it's not, it may also be served as dessert, but nobody would be surprised if somebody went ahead and served um, um, uh, somebody served M&Ms as a side dish. So M&M's as a side dish, everybody would recognize that that's a weird thing. Everybody would like be taken aback. Why are you serving a dish of M&M's and the, you know, being passed around together with the, uh, the other foods? People may be excited by it, but they'd be surprised that that's going to be served as, as a side dish. But passing around a bowl of cranberry sauce, nobody's going to think twice about that. And if you didn't serve the cranberry sauce, that would be more surprising than the cranberry sauce actually being served. Vahosif. And then he added further, the best thing that you could do is eat the cranberry sauce together with a bite of bread. Because that will certainly cover all potential opinions. And nobody could disagree that if you eat a little bit of the, the cranberry sauce together with bread, that then for sure it's going to be covered by the bread. But really, Rav Yashir's inclination is to say that nowadays, those things which it would be common to be served as a side dish to the food, even if it happens to be cooked fruit, like a tzimis or something like that, even if it's a par of tzimis, but it's something which is served as part of the, uh, as, a, as a side dish. So the Yashiv's inclination is definitely to say that you would not say, we not need to say a bracha on those, uh, those foods. So that's why ultimately with the, the shayla that we began with, with regards to popcorn, so popcorn is certainly a dessert food. Then also, if they pass around a bowl of popcorn in the middle of the meal, so we would be surprised by that. Popcorn chicken, yes, that's fine. But actual popcorn itself, so that is something which is eaten as a dessert and not as a meal. And therefore, the popcorn is going to warrant uh, its own uh, separate bracha if it's eaten at the end of the meal before you go ahead and bench. All righty. We're good? Outstanding. Thank you, Rabbi Schaffel. Okay. Thank you. All the best. Everybody could enjoy the various uh, holiday uh, dinners. And now you'll know what, uh, <laughs> what to do. It's not for me to judge what, uh, what you're eating. It's your choice. Most of you would probably eat fish too. So <laughs> no. I don't judge there either.